And it is good to be back. Um, we live in an area of the world that, uh, well, we have ministry on an island off of the uh, Vancouver Island, and um, there's not a lot of churches there, and uh, it just was good to sit here and hear you sing, and it was just really refreshing. You, you, sometimes you don't know what you have until it's gone. And uh, it, it, you should be thankful for the Lord for what you have here. And I was just sitting there wishing my wife were here because it just brings back memories. Some of you may not know that uh, Ralph Wingate, when he, he was your, I think he was your pastor here. Um, <laughs> he used to tell me he was. But um, we were high school uh, buddies. I... I guess I was his mentor to get him through because of his low grades. And uh, so it's good to see Ralph and Sydney also again. And, uh, and then Matt. And it just, and I want to tell you that we're an extension of this church. So uh, I, I hope you get a little bit excited about that. Now, that's a word that's worn out in our culture, excited. We're excited about everything. It's sort of like love. We say on the phone, love you, and then we turn around and look at our dog, love you. And uh, that's another word that's sort of worn out when I come down. I live on a mountain. I come down out of my mountain and listen to what's going on. But I, I, I hope you get excited, or whatever word you want to put in there, regarding what you're doing as a church. Come on, these are rough days, and uh, you need to take a breath and uh, rejoice in what God has done. You have a theme of joy, which I see coming in the church. Uh, there should be joy in what you're doing. Not only do you financially help us as a church when you give in the offering, uh, you know, it, it, some of that comes our way, and we're very grateful, and I come say thank you, but also the people that have come out there have really been a, a blessing to us. We're a small mission, and they come out on that island, and they just love the journey. Uh, you ask any one of them. They just think it's the greatest thing to get their jet lag, get down seasick, and to get on that island and just watch the only way to get off the island float away. And uh, they... They just long for central Illinois. But um, it, 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 just to get there, and, and they just keep coming and helping us, and we thank you very, very much. Um, I would like to share with you a little bit what we're doing and also from the Word of God how it all sort of goes together. We're going to be reading from John chapter 8, just a couple verses around verse 30, and then John chapter 9. So if you have a Bible, you may want to turn there to follow with me. We have a situation where uh, those who come to a camp, now we have a, well, a month and a half or maybe four, five, six weeks of camping. Then we have some adults before that. Then we have a, a, a camp for adults we call elders. And then throughout the winter, we bring people down on the island. We're at Copper Island, and the only way there is by boat or seaplane. And uh, it, that's why they call it an island. <laughs> it's 
there's no bridge uh, to get there. And it's about 30 miles from the town, and um, there, there we are. It's, a, it's very isolated, but we have found that that is good for the people group that we minister to. Uh, often we have some who are, have attention deficit disorders, things like that, and um, certain handicaps, but it's just a wonderful place that God has given us and on this, this, this island. And I want to tell you that after COVID, we had a sort of a new group of people that showed up because we had to, the government made us shut down and so we did. We, we didn't want to be a, a lightning rod or anything for controversy and just stay beneath the surface. But we, did, we kept ministry going. But anyway, there, um, uh, when COVID was sort of over, we had a whole new group of campers on the first group, the 9, 10, and 11-year-olds. So what I'm going to say is, we are now going to introduce these kids and find out where they are and introduce them to the things of Christ. Our campers do usually do not come from any church. So it's strictly evangelism. You know what evangelism is? It's taking people from the known into the unknown. That's basically what, that's education. Taking people from the known into the unknown and the claims of Christ. And I, I just want to show you how we do that um, a, a little bit. But there they were. Now, how many this morning uh, of the children are nine years old? Lift your hand. Nine, any nine years old, nine years old? Going, okay, no, no, no. Check with your parents. Find out how old you are. Um, how about 10 years old? 10, 10, any 10? Oh, we got one here. We got, okay, any others? Feel like I'm at an auction barn. Um, <laughs> Oh, we got one over here. Um, how about 11 years old? 11 years old. Great day. I'm missing the whole group. I, I thought, Pastor, where are you? you? I thought you said the children were here. <laughs> you know, um, but anyway, uh, those who are 12, 13, I'll throw you in there. I'm going to give you a quiz. And so I want you to answer this quiz, the same quiz I gave them. But first of all, let's go to... John chapter 8, down around verse 32, Jesus speaking, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. If you're familiar with the book of John, you know it starts out with that the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and it plays on the word and the word. And it does here also. It talks about that you will know the truth, and that would be the Word of God, what God has said, and the truth, that would be Jesus himself, will set you free. Same as in chapter 1. So you shall know the truth, knowledge, and the truth, Jesus, will set you free. Now they debated in the rest of the chapter <clears throat> about what he was talking about, what this meant. And as always, the Bible is a very practical book, very practical. Any problem you have, you can find it in Scripture, Old or New Testament, and it will speak to it. You name it, find it. Test me afterwards, name any problem, and you can find it in here. 
and it will address it. And in that practical nature, Jesus goes on, and then after they're discussing this about Abraham and, and, and different things, he leaves from there, walks out, and he's going to illustrate what he's talking about. That's why it's so practical. You're wondering, wait, we're become, you know, you shall know the truth, the truth shall set you free. What are we talking about? And now I've got to explain this to campers who come knowing nothing about the Bible or about Jesus. But it's a delight, actually. So he walks out and he says, let me show you an illustration of what we're talking about. That would be chapter 9. Follow with me as I read from verse 1. <clears throat> as he, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man blind from birth. So here we go. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he should be born blind? Now, here's a real philosophical question. Um, there was certain beliefs in karma. And that's basically what they're sort of addressing. In the past life, did the parents sin? Did he sin? And is this his karma, that he is born blind? And there were certain beliefs around at that time that, that um, Jesus is going to say, no, I'm just telling you that this is what they're thinking here. There's other passages in Scripture where they ask what happened before they were born. Was it, and, and this is the problem. Jesus answered, it, is, it was not that this man sinned or his parents, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me. While it is day, night is coming when no one can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, having said these things, he spat on the ground, made mud with the saliva, then he anointed the man's eyes with the mud, and he said to him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which means, the name of the pool means, sent. Actually, we get mito in Latin from that, which is the word we get missionary. It was a pool that in the Feast of Tabernacles was the pool of salvation. But you're going to go to that book. So he's setting all this illustration up so you and I can know what it means to know the truth and the truth will set you free. And here's how it works. Go wash in the bull of Siloam, which means sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Now I'm just going to read a couple more verses because it, it's really pretty good. <laughs> I love it. The neighbors and those who had seen him before as a beggar were saying, is this not the man who used to sit and beg? And, and some said, it is he. Others said, no, no, no. But he is like him. Now, and here's the blind man in the next <laughs> sentence there. He's going like, this, hello, I am him. I am the guy. I am. No, no, you're not the guy. You just look like him. Oh, hello, I am. And, and it's going around and around and they're trying to figure this out. <laughs> so I like this blind man. He is pretty sharp. 
And he said, I'm the man. And, and so they said to him, uh, then how were your eyes open? And he said, the man called Jesus made mud, anointed my eyes, and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam, go to Siloam and wash. Now, here, listen to what he said. So I went, washed, received my sight. And they said to him, where is he? Where is Jesus? He said, I do not know. That is the example. You should know the truth. The truth should set you free. And that's what we're trying to do uh, as we get, I get the joy of these campers, especially after COVID. None of them had been to camp. I'm saying, how many is the first time? 9, 10, 11. They're all raising their hands. First time at camp because the other age groups have moved on. And we now get to introduce them to Jesus. It's pretty good. So I, I, I came up with four questions. Now, these kids are pretty sharp. Never been to church, but they're pretty sharp. In fact, one time I was speaking about uh, Adam and Eve, and I said, Jesus came into the garden and said, Adam, where are you? And then I just paused, because it's just, I'm looking out at the glaze over their eyes, and I said, why is that sort of an odd question? And just like that, a 10-year-old raised his hand and said, because God knows everything. Never been to church. Pretty good, eh? Um, in Canada, we say A, so pretty good, eh? <laughs> now, I, I, I can be bicultural and do it the American way. Pretty good. Huh? And, but that's, huh, it's a little harder on my throat, so I stay with A. But whatever. That's yeah, pretty good. Of course, he set me up wonderfully. Adam, where are you? Why is that awkward? Because God knows everything. I said, could God be saying to the, that to you this week? Where are you? I would say it to you. Where are you? Well, God knows, but he wants to hear it from you. Where are you? So these kids are pretty sharp, uh, but... I give them some questions, and these are the questions I'm going to give to the kids here. Now, first of all, we're going to have four questions. So I know who my audience is. That's what I tell them. And how much you know about the Bible? Okay. How many, let's try this again. How many, because i got to get you to answer this question. You've you, you, you got to get some help here. How, I'll just start with children under, everybody under 50. Uh, how many are under 50? Can we try it? Oh, okay, we got a good group of kids. Um, number one, here we go, you ready? Now, remember, if, if you're 9, 10, or 11, and you don't know the answer, your parents are going to lean over and try to cheat and whisper the answer to you. Because you, you, the way you answer is going to make them look good or not so good. So it's very important that we sort of cheat on the test. But um, if you're under 50, here we go. Number one, why does the newspaper put the date on it? That, that, uh, don't all answer at once. Yeah. 
Well, I tell them, they, they're just like you. Huh? <laughs> they, they switch to the American way. Huh? And uh, why? Um, I got a feeling this mic is falling off my ear, but maybe not. How are we doing back there? Are we all good? Okay, it's thumbs up. Here we go. Um, I said, because, you know, whatever date it is, 2023, that's 2023 years ago is when Jesus was born. And each day the newspaper doesn't want you to forget that Jesus was born. Then I raise my hand because I raise this hand when I'm joking, this hand when I'm telling the truth. But uh, so, okay. But that's the date that Jesus, who's Jesus? That's the date on your newspaper. Okay, if you got that right, just, you know, you're doing okay. Number two, this one you probably will get right in this group. What is Christmas about? Okay, now you, I, I don't know if I can hear you. Wait, wait, there's one with his hand up. Who yelled out? Shame on you. Oh, okay, way in the back, hand up. Okay, it's the birth of Jesus, Christmas. Out of 40 kids that came, um, what I had, two knew basically what Christmas was about. Two. And they're trying. They're not dumb. I asked another question once. Tell me something that's impossible for God to do thinking it would be dead silence. One kid piped up. He had never read the Bible, never been to church. He said, well, it would be impossible for God to lie. I said, do you know that's in the Bible? That exact phrase? And he said, no. So they're not dumb. Two out of 40 knew what Christmas was about. Try it at work tomorrow. Ask what Christmas is about besides Hallmark movies. But anyway, but just ask them. Three, what is Easter about? Forty kids. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Boy, your parents are excited. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus' resurrection. Well done. Well done. No one knew what Easter was about. And they were trying. Do you see the joy you as a church get to do? We get to, we, we, to fillet the Word of God, rightly dividing the Word of God, and you are a part of that. Part of that also is just making sure that the island looks good. That is very important. Versus tar paper shacks or trashy areas, it must look good. There's a history to that. And you have a part of opening, helping to open up the word of God. Now that's got to make your week. And you may say, well, Ray, you don't know my week. And that could be the case. There's a lot of sadness. I, I, I agree. But that should make you excited. I am not the only one that preaches that. 
number of times Paul brings it up. David brings it up. In fact, Paul addresses in Galatians chapter 3, chapter 4, where he said, you know, you guys are wearing out. You're just plopping into church. You're all tired. You've lost the joy. And I'm wondering if even some of you are saved. But he said, when you had the truth, when you got saved, you would have gouged out, is the words in that passage, your very eyes and have given them to me. And from that, we uh, assume Paul had perhaps bad eyesight. When you thought about the day you were saved, when you went to the pool of Siloam and you washed and you received forgiveness of sins, and Paul said, have you, at the close of that book, have you become weary in well-doing? Have you forgotten the day you saved? Can you remember the day you were saved? It might have been two, three, four days, maybe a process in a year. Maybe like Nicodemus, it took a little while. Paul says, that should be exciting. I like David's best, Psalm 40, sort of, I just love that. Up, this is going to be a hybrid of King James and a few others, but up from the miry clay he lifted me and placed my seat, feet upon a rock and put a song in my heart. Ah, it's pretty good, eh? These kids don't have that, but you're introducing them to them. Has the busyness of this world taken that away from you? You guys did really well singing up here. I, 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 I want to th thank you. Were you one of the singers? Uh, yeah. I only noticed one person missing one note. So, uh, no, that's not true. That's not true. Uh, just trying to keep you on your toes. But it's really a joy to sing. And that's what you're doing out at Copper Island, presenting the word. The last question I asked them was this, and I don't know if you'll get this. Well, I asked them about Christmas. Oh, then Easter. One person about Easter, I was telling you that, they, they really were trying. One person said, I don't know but I think something happened on the Friday before Easter. One. That's pretty good. And he was struggling to articulate it. You get to tell him that. Now, the last question I ask, and we'll see how you do on this. At the time of Christ, after his resurrection, what happened around Pentecost? The Feast of Pentecost. Just thereafter a little bit. Anybody know? that something significant happened. Okay, so I tell the kids, the campers, what happened? They didn't know. No one knew. And I said, they were standing there, Jesus was talking to them, and all of a sudden, his feet started to leave the ground. All the campers are looking at each other. No, 
Is he going to put his hand up saying he's lying, you know, or kidding, or is this truth, whatever? Yeah, started floating right in front. Started getting a little higher, getting a little higher. And the campus, no way. Yeah, one kid did say that. No way. Yeah, he's going up. And, and the disciples are startled just like you. And they sit there watching, and he's going higher and higher. And they're sitting there until two angels had to come by and say, why are you standing there looking up? They were so shocked at it. Jesus was ascending to heaven. And they go, wow, never heard that before. But here's the joy. Hang on. And he is coming again in like manner. He's coming again. Maybe this week at camp, he will come. And he goes, wow, really? It could happen. Yeah, wow. So we want to make sure we know him as he comes. This is opening day. It's pretty exciting, hey? That's what you're doing. I hope you get excited about it. They hear it for the first time. When Jesus told this blind man to go to the pool, he did spit on the ground. That is not totally unusual. Making mud, that's sort of anointment. It's, it's another passage in Scripture, but it's, it's a little bit awkward. Remember, if you're a blind man, what are you hearing so far? <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> This is, could get ugly. A little sloshing around. And then you feel it on your eyes. It's a little ugly. Calvary was a little bit ugly. It's the first part of redemption. Jesus dying on the cross. Sometimes we want to bypass that and go right to the resurrection. We want to take a shortcut. Because the shedding of blood on Calvary is for my sin, for your sin. And sometimes we just don't feel we're that bad of sinners. And I've got to explain that to a camper about the shedding of blood. And then he tells him, go to the Pool of Siloam. I don't know if you have a little map uh, in your Bible or whatever, but he goes out where Jesus was. There's other pools a lot closer. And he's got to have someone probably guiding him. And that person saying, well, let's just wash here. And, and, and the beggar said, the blind man said, no, no, no. He said the Pool of Siloam. Well, that's far off. There's two other pools that we could do it. No. No shortcuts. It must be done the way Jesus said. And this is what I'm explaining to the campers. And it's by the shedding of blood. Do you ever try to explain the shedding of blood to someone who has never heard about Jesus? But they get it. They get it. And we quote a number of scriptures that Talk of washing away sin by the blood. We're going to do communion in a moment. And that's all about this. 
That's what it's about. We got to do it right. We talked about Jesus coming, and they said until he comes again. Micah read the passage there earlier. Jesus is coming again. He had to go to the pool. He said he washed. We have to submit to what Jesus said. 1 John 1, 7, nothing washes away sin. The cleansing is by the blood of the Lamb. And so we talk about the death of Jesus. We talk about his love. Now, the reason I'm stressing this more is a couple of things I want to leave with you. One, there's no shortcuts. Don't stop along the way. If God's speaking to your heart, don't say, well, I can become this or do this a little better or fix myself up. No, you got to go to the pool. you got to admit you need some spit on your eyes. You need to realize that Christ died an ugly death for you, for me. And that's what we present to the campers as we go to the pool. No shortcuts. None at all. I'm concerned about it because some people have suggested that I take a few shortcuts. We sing a lot of type, camp-type songs. If you want to know what they are, ask some of those that were out there. Ask Wes if and others. He'll sing them to you. <laughs> no, uh, don't do that. You'd never come out. But anyway, ask somebody else. Whatever. But we have camp songs that we sing. But we have one song that you might know that we sing. It's always been there. We have these songs go up on an overhead. It's a piece of paper you hold over your head. <laughs> we are definitely high tech. Someone said, why don't you put it on a screen? Oh, we like the cardboard. Kids like to hold the cardboard. And that goes way back when our electricity wasn't so stable. We didn't put anything on screen. You hold everything on a card, man. And uh, there's a song that says, What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the what? Oh, you know the song too. Let's do that again. What can wash away, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the what? And I'm very grateful that you said that. Because I'm getting pressured to say nothing but the love of Jesus. Just love him. Just love him. Well, that's part of it. Jesus had compassion on the blind man. But people are trying to encourage you. Oh, just love him. Just love him. Just open your arms and bring him in. We will. Jesus has compassion on the blind man. But he said there needs to be a washing. You shall know the truth, how to do it, and the truth, Jesus, will set you free. And then he shows us how it's done. But I'm getting a little nervous when people suggest that all we got to do is love these souls. Yeah. But we got to get them to the pool. We've got to give them the direction of what Jesus said. And I appreciate your support. That's called evangelism. 
What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. See, love is not a detergent. Blood is a detergent. Love does not wash. It comforts. Blood washes away sin, according to Scripture. That's a detergent. We, we, we can't mix them up. And I appreciate your support. He comes back, and they question him and all of this. And finally, like I say, this guy's pretty sharp. He said, it's an amazing thing that you don't even know who did this to me. <laughs> and you're theologians and all this, and you're, you go to church and you're member, and you don't even know what a personal experience with Christ is about. You're morally good people, loving God, but never been to the pool. And... Uh, he returns and someone, I, I, I think he leaves us with the greatest testimony you can say. Some people say, I'm not good with words. I'm not good talking, talking about Jesus. But you can always say this. Once I was blind, now I see. And a man named Jesus did it for me. It's pretty good, amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the support that we have from this church of opening up the Word of God to people who have never heard. Never. I pray, Father, that this church would get excited, would take a step back from the busyness of life and set up the priorities of things that are important and would say, you know, the mission program of the church. It is important. It is important. And be happy for it. I thank you for them. And we pray your blessing on the lives that are preparing to come this summer. And the truth is open that they would get to know you. We thank you for the many that were saved last year and returned to the discipleship class, camp, and are walking with you. And it will be tough, but you will be inside of them. Thank you for that. So I commit this time that we've had to celebrate this time with you with the thought, may we be grateful God, as we think of the communion service regarding your blood that was shed for us for the remission of sins. And if one here is not sure about that, give them no peace or rest until they find rest in you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.